We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Experience. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. John Deere Classic Picks, Research, Preview, Guess the Odds, Listener's League link, now available. Only 2,500 spots this week, so it's going to fill rather quickly, like it does any week, we have the 2,500 spots. The link is down in the description. Go reserve right now. Additionally, I have got the early link to the Pat Mayo Experience Open Championship Listeners League. Now, there are 6,667 spots in that. I've already taken three of them, so the rest are yours. And you might want to get in because the major ones have filled up rather quickly as well. The more we can fill this in advance, the quicker it's going to fill. And for whatever reason, they've capped me at $100,000 of rake-free guaranteed money. If we can fill this one super quickly for next year, we might get like 150000 200000 The more the merrier when it comes to the Listeners League because... It's rake-free. If you're thinking about playing the Millionaire Maker, there's a $25. There's no $100 for the Open Championship this year. I think it's like the 4444. This is actually the best tournament on DraftKings every week, but especially for major championships. You don't want to get yourself raked with top-heavy payouts in the Millionaire Maker. Sure, you can't win a million dollars in the PME Open, but you can win, I think, $7,500 and... It's not like it's 7500 to first, $100 to second. Now, the gaps are very flat, spread out, and if you cash, you at least double your money, even with a min. Link is down in the description for both right now, so do me the favor, tie up the 45 bucks until the Open Championship. It will be well worth it. Smash the like while you're here. Sub to the channel. Uh, the newsletter always comes out on Wednesdays, although it may not this week because I am going to be away. I'm actually recording the Genesis Scottish Open preview directly after this, not even knowing the entire field. So that will be available for next Sunday uh, when you get around to doing your research. So keep that in mind when you're watching that show is that I don't have the full field compliment. I'll probably mention it during that one as well. 
well. Uh, other than that, fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off. My entire walkthrough will be on Fantasy National this week. And these are really the weeks where you really want to dig in because it is absolutely wide open. This is a full field of 156 players top 65 and ties make the cut at tpc deer run and it's going to be one of the weakest fields that we've seen in some time i mean this is just a very unfortunate part of the schedule detroit actually lucked out a little bit with its very although the top players didn't play like top players all the way down the line uh, there's just no top players at the John Deere classic right now the best player in the field in terms of world ranking i believe is cameron young and He's kind of gone into a downward spiral here lately, so I think he's just trying to recapture some glory, but it's more or less a week off before a lot of the top names show up in Scotland to play the Scottish the week before the British Open. So Rocket Mortgage made a lot of sense for players because you can play this week, take your week off, get over to Europe, get acclimated to the time zones, and boom, you will be good to go. But I always like the John Deere Classic. TPC Deer Run is a fun course, and it's a nice showcase for some of the, you know, I don't want to say bit players on the PGA Tour, but guys that we like to back at huge odds every week, you're going to be just flabbergasted by the numbers that you see next to their names this week when they're like 30 to 1 instead of 175, like we normally see, but Oh, that's part of the fun of it. It's almost like an alt field event, but it comes with you know a three-year exemption. It comes with 500 FedEx Cup points, and there's a lot of guys right now. I'm shocked Justin Thomas isn't playing just to see if he can get himself back inside the top 60 in terms of the FedEx Cup because he is well on the outside looking in. He's going to have to have a hot stretch, and frankly, his game seems to be broken at the moment. I did a few shows earlier this week, too. Uh, if you missed it with EPAT, on Tuesday, we talked about how sports books set their lines, opening odds, and how they adjust throughout the week, along with more Ryder Cup talk about who the Europeans might end up taking and picking our back end of the team for the Americans as it stands right now with the automatic qualifications. Who gets the rest of the spots? And it's a really interesting discussion between. Guys that felt like that they were locks on the team, like Cam Young, Justin Thomas, Tony Finau. Now, I still think that Justin Thomas is a mortal lock for the team, but guys like Ricky are just playing better uh, than Tony Finau at the moment. And it'd be crazy to think about a situation where Tony Finau is not on the Ryder Cup team, but it's kind of shaping up that way at the moment. Keegan Bradley, I believe, currently has the final auto lock. So let's say he doesn't get that. Is Keegan automatically on the team? I mean, in my mind, yeah, he kind of has to be. And he sets up perfectly for Rome. But the Americans are always sucked in by the allure of the big star power and big names who have historically done it well, rather than the European teams who tend to select, especially in Europe, players that are going to be good for the course that they are going to play. And when I look at Rome, the players that had done well in the past, especially this year on the DP World Tour in the Italian Open, that Keegan sets up perfectly you need to be straight off the tee you cannot be hitting out of the rough you need to be hot with your irons and go score and we've seen the spike putting weeks from keegan bradley so far over the past really eight past 18 months where he's just going to randomly gain seven over the course of a tournament and he's not just bleeding strokes on an average basis like we used to see from him it's been quite a career turnaround uh with the putter like the ball striking i mean the driving isn't as good as it once was in terms of an elite level the iron play can still be amongst the best in the world but as soon as you can start not bleeding four strokes a week on the green your fortunes are going to turn around i can't wait for this to happen to colin morikawa on a consistent basis where it's not just like loss 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 hey he gained three maybe he has some momentum oh no he lost eight the next week because that's what he's doing 
right now. So maybe he can finally start to get that turned around just a little bit. So we talked about that on Tuesday, along with how sportsbooks limit players and why they limit players' wagers. And then on Thursday, apropos, I mean, we did this before the recent cut of huge names of ESPN layoffs, but Hustlerama Andrew Patterson joined me on the show talking about when he got laid off as an on-air personality at Canadian's version of ESPN, TSN, and how that may have been the best thing that ever happened to him because he was able to turn that and his little bit of notoriety at the time into a very sustainable business. So if you're really concerned or even curious about how the economics of the sports media business are working at the moment, uh, it's pretty insightful to see it's not that less money is being spent on the sports space right now, even at ESPN. Like, their budgets really haven't changed. They're just trying to make their profit shares go up. I mean, that's the one thing when you run a giant corporation. If you made $1 billion last quarter, well, you need to make at least $1.1 billion this quarter to show growth to your shareholders or the shares are going to go down. So you need to find cost-cutting measures across the board. In terms of the actual, I mean, even if the revenue stays exactly the same, well, revenue staying exactly the same is not good when you're paying exactly as much as you were before. There's no growth in that. You need to cut costs somewhere. Uh, and we've seen that a lot with, I mean, this round was you know high profile names that people recognize. When Andrew and I talked, it was after the second round of layoffs, which is a lot of behind the scenes people, lower paid people, and laying them off in bulk and how it's very difficult for people on that side of the platform, be it in radio ops or research or television editing, to really find jobs in the sports media business post those layoffs at big networks because the people who are in best position to take advantage of all the money in the space, especially with a lot of the gambling companies, is to do something like I'm doing right now or something that uh, at that Hustler is doing. We've seen it. I mean, McAfee is the best example of this. But if you can independently produce a lot of your own content, you keep your budget smaller, you don't need as many people, and you can just keep all of that money for yourself. And we're seeing a lot of that, but it's hard to do if you don't have an established brand to begin with to go sell off of your name. So a very in-depth discussion about that on Thursday. I recommend that you go both check those out. I really enjoyed those shows a lot. I got double football coming this week with Levitan and Justin Freeman. Gary and I are going over the final eight of the sitcom bracket and our favorite episodes of each of the eight shows remaining. That's going to be a great show. So there's a ton coming out on Mayo Media Network. And of course, Open Championship Week is on the horizon. I might be even adding another show to the rotation to make it six banger days in a row. Finish the golf season, well, the biggest part of the golf season, off in the correct fashion, getting you all ready for Hoy Lake for Royal Liverpool and see if we can actually find a winner. I mean, if Cus is hitting winners at majors, maybe it's time for me to hit a winner at a major. But let's talk TPC Deer Run. Uh, it's an easy course. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anyone's going to get to 30 under par, but you're looking at like somewhere between minus 18 and minus 25 as your winner, although this field isn't all that great. Uh, but it's a pretty short course by and large when we're looking at it. Only 7,289 yards. Plays as a par 71 with bent grass greens. Uh, the greens have been soft to medium soft over time. Generally speaking, it's very calm in terms of the wind. The greens tend to run pretty fast. Hitting fairways is pretty difficult, and the rough length is pretty long. That's like the one defense that this course has. Although, when we take a look at you know, the driving accuracy at this course, I mean, 71% is much higher than the 61% that we're seeing at your average tour event. So some, some days it is very difficult because it gets burnt out and you just roll it through. But then all of a sudden, the look, quote unquote, 
quote-unquote long rough isn't as big of a factor because guys are hitting it from like 100 yards in. And these are PGA Tour players, and this isn't U.S. open rough. It's not thick and lush. You can pick it out of there pretty easily. You just won't be able to control your spin all that well. But here's the reason why the scoring is so low. I mean, 71% driving accuracy, 70% greens and regulation. Will this become a putting contest? The answer is going to be yes, because when you take a look at the overall top 10 finishers over the past five years, they're gaining about a stroke per round with their irons and with their putter. That's essentially what it breaks down to. And when you take a look at the average shot distribution across, it's just very flat. Like you're not seeing any big spikes towards the back end, even with the par fives on this course, uh, the over 200 proximity percentage is only 20%. The highest bucket is 125 to 150. So this actually makes it kind of an interesting run throughout the course of the past few weeks. We saw this with the Travelers, that, you know, 100 to 150, just get to your area, wherever you want to get to, and boom, you can just absolutely light it up from that range if you're having a decent play. If you can make your eight-foot putt, you're going to have a pretty good week at the Travelers. And ditto for the Rocket Mortgage, although that was a bit of a longer course on paper, as you can see it playing out right now, there's a couple long holes which suck up a lot of the yardage that goes into it. And there's two par threes that are actually pretty tough at Rocket Mortgage, but that's where a lot of the length comes in. You have a lot of these short par fours when you have guys like Aberg hitting it 355 down the center of the fairway. They just have 70 yards into the rest of the hole, uh, even if it is over 400 yards. So that's what we're going to see a lot of this week at the John Deere Classic. Like historic proximity. Uh, and average shot distribution. Like you have almost 10% of the shots coming from 75 to 100. That's a staggering number outside of very difficult courses where you have to, have, that's like a U.S. Open type number based on that proximity bucket. But usually that's because you hit it into the rough and have to hack it into that range. At the John Deere Classic, you're just going to drive it into that range. That's probably from the fairway. You have 13% from 100 to 125 yards. You have 20% from 125 to 150, 20% from 150 to 175, and then it's just lower from beyond 175 plus. So you need to make your bones on the par fives and score on these shorter par fours. Uh, we take a look at the whole distribution there's one par four that's over 500 yards that is the that is number what is it number nine is the most difficult hole on the course in fact the three most difficult holes on the course uh, are the conclusions of each nine and number 15 which are the three longest par fours on the course 476 484 and 503 when i say that they're the most difficult they play over par it's not staggering, though. Like, number 9 has a 25% bogey rate. Number 18 has a 21% bogey rate. Number 15 has a 20% bogey rate. And frankly, there's just not a lot of places where you're going to make double or worse. Like, 4.3% on 18 is the biggest. But it's not even like these aren't birdie holes, either. Like, 13%, 13%, 9%. That's why 9 is the most difficult, because it's the most difficult one to birdie on the course. But juxtapose that when you look at the other end of the spe spectrum. There are... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight holes on this course that play to a birdie percentage of 20% or more. And that's before you start factoring in eagles. Number two has a 4% eagle rate. Number 17 has a 2.5% eagle rate. Both power fives. Number 14 is a very short power four. It's only 361 yards. Uh, very high birdie rate, 35%. But the eagle rate is not as 
being 361, you think that people would be able to drive it or even chip in from close to the green, but it has a sub 1% eagle rate. It's just like number 10, the par 5. Uh, it's 596 yards. Guys will get there in two, but there's just not a lot of generous eagle opportunities like we saw at Detroit Country Club this week where 17, and I believe it's number 5. Maybe it's now number five is the long. Maybe it is number five. Number 17 was just giving away birdies. But when you can see a shorter hitter like Dylon, Hot, Fire, woo, end up with an albatross and a two-foot eagle putt in the same round, you know those ones are probably pretty gettable. Uh, overall, there are 13 holes on the course with a birdie, birdie or better percentage over 17%. That's kind of staggering. So if you're not making your birdies, you're absolutely screwed at the John Deere Classic. Uh, to look at some comp courses, shorter hitters can play well here. Bigger hitters can play well here. There's no one profile over time that has really stood the test of, oh, you need to take this type of player. No, you need to be good with your wedges. You need to be relatively accurate off the tee, although that's not completely necessary. And you got to make a ton of putts. Not to say that like the players who have won here have been the best putters on earth because frankly, they haven't taking a look at it, but they're just very flat greens. Although when you get on the fairway, there's a lot of like wonky lies. Like it's funny that like Augusta and Kapalua are probably, and even uh, at the US Open at LA Country Club, like when I started making the comps, when you take a look at the undulations on the fairway, John Deere Classic does have those. Like you're never really going to have an even lie all that much. So, you know, Steve Stricker's had a lot of success here. Jordan Spieth has obviously won here, had a lot of success. Zach Johnson, I mean, two of those guys have won the Masters. All three of those guys have won at Kapalua in the past, and they're not your typical skill set of what you think of, of players that are going to play really well at Bombers tracks like Kapalua or Augusta, but it's because they're so good with their wedges, and all three of those guys, I mean, Spieth is kind of an anomaly where he's not a good putter anymore, but historically, he has been a very good putter, especially, I mean, this was his breakout win in 2005 uh, when it came down to it. You have five holes that are 400 to 450 yards. You have another two holes that are 350 to 400. So all those shorties are going to be pretty, pretty easy. Heading over to fantasynational.com right now to check out a bit more in depth on the course. You can see the historic cut line, low, minus two, minus three, minus two, minus one. So expect it to be under par again. I doubt that Bet365 is going to give us that very generous over-under players under par. I think that we raked them over the coals one too many times. It was the third time we've played it. Um, you know, I'm going to win more money on that this week than if I had hit an outright winner. That's how much money that I invested in that one bet because it felt like free money. So congratulations to anyone who got into it before they took it off the board on Monday evening. Uh, but it opened at plus 225. It closed at minus 110. And then it was just gone. They didn't want anyone else touching it. By my numbers, I had it as a good bet up to minus 275. That's how off that number was. And I mean, it's not, it hasn't won yet. But the over-under was 74 players under par. 40 missed the cut who were under par. So there's 40 right there. And overall, 123 players were under par after the weekend or after the cut line. And the cut line was minus four. So you have to get... I mean, I I would say it's probably a 99.9% .9 chance of being a winner. I'm not like saying that to jinx it at the moment, but... That's like what the true probability right now of that bet winning is. So that's really nice to see. Average driving distance, uh, slightly above tour average. Green, rocks, green in regulation proximity is a little bit lower. I mean, you're just going to have to make your putts. As I talked about that distribution approach, putting. I mean, driving is like you know, 
what let's see four tenths something like that yeah so two fifths of what approaches per round we take a look at the top five finishers you can see you know it's a stroke per round again on approach over a stroke with putting not so much around the green but you don't want to be bad around the green but you can see that all of a sudden that off the tee the closer you get to the top of the board the less meaningful it actually ends up becoming because approach play and putting putting those two things together is essentially what really makes this course go we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. So let's take a look at the history of this course. This will always be the site. I remember Jeff and I, Jeff and I haven't done this show in a really long time, but we talked about like the best rounds and the best tournaments and the most dominating performances of the year. And I believe it was in 2018. This year, Michael Kim winning the John Deere Classic may have been outside of DJ winning in Boston that one year by like 10 strokes. I actually think this might be the most dominating performance I've ever seen at an event. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. He gained 19 point. I mean, Scotty at the players this year was pretty good too, but he just did everything. He had a bad final day, which is hilarious too. He gained 20 strokes total in the tournament. Second place, Sam Ryder, Joel Damon, Francesco Molinari, who would go on to win the Open Championship the next week, and Bronson Burgoon all tied for second place. And they were eight strokes total back of Michael Kim. And he just went on cruise control on the final day, which is kind of crazy to think. 13.5 strokes game putting. 
Um, Kevin Na did that once at the Shriners, where he gained just an unbelievable amount of strokes putting. But that is such an outlier performance. And spoiler alert, I'm probably betting Michael Kim this week. If we take a look at the recent form for Michael Kim, it's been pretty good. It's been a good player. I mean, it's been bad the past two weeks in elevated events. Look at these non-elevated events. RBC Canadian Open, you know, did everything besides putt. At the Schwab, he was top 10. Wells Fargo was an elevated event. He played well there. Puerto Rico earlier in the year. Obviously, that, that I mean, that's probably a good comp in terms of field strength for this week is the Puerto Rico Open. Because, I mean, even in Corrales, he came top 30. He's just been playing pretty well. Uh, and we forget that he is a PGA Tour winner. This is the spot where he's done it. I don't think it just relies on course history to do all the hard work for us. But if you have someone who's played well at a course in the past and all of a sudden that they're playing well coming in, Sam Ryder is another one. I mean, Sam Ryder obviously played really well during the course of the year. Uh, I backed him at the Travelers mistake uh, that I didn't back him at Rocket Mortgage. He actually was almost the first round leader there. So you can see the approach had been back previous to the Travelers, although the results had not been back. But the approach, you know, 3.4, 3.4, and just losing an incredible amount of strokes on the green. But you can see historically, at least throughout the course of this season, a very good putter. And it came back at the Travelers, just nothing else meshed up with the rest of his games. When we take a look at the John Deere, he's made the cut every year. I mean, he peaked with his first performance in 2018. But listen, strokes game putting for this tournament, 5, 7, 3.5, 0. 0.7. I mean, when you lose almost five strokes off the tee, that's not great. But he did gain 4.1 on approach last year. So he's doing, he's done the things that we like to see well at this course. Uh, when we take a look at how he did this week, at least through two rounds, because I'm recording this on a Saturday, uh, of how he's doing, maybe he can match that up a little bit. And I don't think that he's going to be in like the top, uh, he won't be less than 50 to 1. That I can almost guarantee you. Overall, over the past five years, uh, the Glove is the best player, followed by Kazire, Patrick Rogers, who did WD from Detroit. Not sure whether or not he's going to end up playing, but he is committed to the field at the moment right now. Uh, Scott Brown, Russell Henley, Seamus Power. Didn't even realize Henley was playing in the tournament. Got to add him to uh, one of the favorites list, I would assume. Who else is up here? Yeah, Dylan Fratelli got his win here. Um, Bez is in the field after his T2 last season. I remember I bet Bez last year. I bet him and Goderup. Goderup, I don't think Goderup is in the field, is he? No, he's not. He didn't qualify, but he was top five at this tournament last year during the great Goderup run. We got a lot of great young players in the field this week. So let's take a look at how they did it last year. How did Poston win he just dominated i mean the chipping was immaculate for him and bez made every single putt but the ball it's not like the ball striking wasn't there at the same time i mean post only gained 2.3 strokes putting which is my basically what he averaged uh, coming into that tournament you can see grio was t2 there's goddard up denny was t6 uh, and, and they're just gaining across the board, T to green. And we think about the best approach players in the field. It was Goderup, Dylan, maybe Dylan Wu is someone to look at here. Uh, obviously coming in in decent form. He's been hit or miss, obviously, because he's not the most consistent player in the world. But you wouldn't expect him to lose randomly four strokes putting. Uh, and he followed up his, you know, what, minus eight, minus seven Thursday at Detroit with an even par round, I believe. But you can see before the Travelers, when he was very bad, uh, he's usually gaining off the tee. Sometimes he can lose a ton. That's usually at longer courses, like Valero, he loses off the tee. Byron Nelson, he loses off the tee. Wells Fargo, he loses off the tee. U.S. Open, he loses off the tee. 
those are all by and large longer than average courses. When we take a look at the shorter than average courses, gains at the Schwab, gains at the RBC Canadian Open, gains at the Travelers. That I mean, at the Travelers, that's against a really good field. But he's getting on approach every single week. He normally putts well every single week. So hot fire, Dylan might be the way to go with this. And you see shorter course Honda was inside the top 10, shorter course Pebble Beach inside the top 30. Corrales is a longer course, and he still played well there. And again, a very similar field to what we're going to be seeing this week. And I think that there's a lot of guys that you can go with this week if you really want to look at it of, are they close to winning? And there's a bunch of guys on that list, be it Eric Cole seems like he's close. Adam Shank seems like he's close. Hubbard, for like months now, seems like he's been really close. Shez and Smalley and Denny are all guys that have just been playing very good. Yagabombs is another one. Um, I mean, just if you ride the recent form and going in, you can always take a look at recent form uh, on fantasynational.com. Slash Mayo, by the way, if you want to get your access to this. I recommend the monthly right now. Save yourself big time because you're going to want to use this for the Open Championship. But just, yeah, strokes gain total. I mean, Damon's been the worst player on tour. <laughs> uh, Denny has been the hottest over the past six tournaments. I mean, this doesn't include Detroit because those stats aren't in yet. But in this field, here are your hot guys. Hot guys coming in. Uh, Denny, Cole, Henley, Straka, Reavy, Smalley, Gim Reaper, Grio, Hubbard, Shank, Andrew Novak. I wonder how, I mean, that's only in three tournaments. He had one really good one. Rogers, Nick Taylor uh, with a win. Aberg coming in. Oh, I really hope Aberg. I mean, I, I kind of hope Ricky wins this week. It would be very nice to see. Carson Young is another one who's been playing good golf. Hadwin is up there as well. This, this feels like it should be a pretty good Hadwin course, although that didn't really shake out, did it, when it came to. What has Hadwin done at this tournament over the years? Had winning. Yeah, he played it last year and he missed the cut. All right. And what about uh, crazy, crazy Novak? Has nah, Novak, T30 at this tournament a year ago. How's Henley played it? This feels like it should be a good Henley course. Two, two events, T2, or solo second, T11. Shank has been top six twice in the past three years at this course. He's going to be very popular at the John Deere Classic, especially when you see whatever his betting numbers are coming in as well. How has Seamus Power played? Seamus Power has played this tournament well, top 20 twice in his past three starts, but he just doesn't have any form coming in. Is the He's lost on approach in four straight events. The putter's been really good, so that's interesting to see. Now, it probably is worth noting he's only playing in elevated events. PGA Championship, missed the cut. Memorial T41, U.S. Open missed cut. Travelers missed cut. When we get back to when he had his good run at the beginning of the year, the win, the third, and the fifth, I mean, these are weaker field, shorter course events. Maybe that's more or less what we need to see from him. His best results lately have been Wells Fargo at uh, T18 and the Byron Nelson T19, where he played good across the board. And Wells Fargo, a long, difficult course, elevated field. Byron Nelson's a shootout, but it is a bit of a longer course. Maybe getting back to more of a wedge fest is where we want to look this week if we're going to go with Seamus Power. Probably best to focus. I mean, we can take a look at the field very briefly, uh, but we'll get to more of that in the stats when we guess the odds a little bit later on. Strokes gain total past 50 rounds coming. Let's shrink that down to 24 just to start to get ourselves a better idea of the recent form coming in. I did tell you the guys playing the best over the past six tournaments, but in terms of strokes gain total, you got Denny, Henley, Grio, Cole, and Benny Ann are your top five. Chapel. Taylor, Carson Young, Bram Wagon, Mark Hubbard, Hubba Hubbard, The Gim Reaper, Bez, 2R, Vince Norman, 
Alex Smalley, Michael Kim, Nasty Nate Lashley, Chan Yan Yu, that's Kevin Yu, in case you were wondering, Dylan Wu, Brandon Wu, Andrew Novak, Shank, The Birdman, Coco Beware, Shez Reevy, Streelman. Now, that's not Steelman, who's also in this field. The young gun, the actual young gun is Steelman. Cuss young gun, Kevin Streelman, is in his 40s. Jagger, Nunez, Hostler, Palmer. Like, it's, listen, this is not a good field. We're not going to sit here and pretend like it is. Chris Kirk is playing, and so is Taylor Moore. Although, if Taylor Moore ends up winning at... Uh, John Deere, which I hope he doesn't, although Feinberg has him on the outright at 75 to one. So, you know, if I can't win, I always like to see Jeff win because I know that people tail Jeff and that if Jeff ends up winning, that means a lot of other people end up winning at the same time, too. So I always like to see that. Um, but yeah, it's like your middle tier. This is what you would expect. It's better than the alternate field events because you have Denny. I mean, the young guns are the ones who are really going to prop this one up. Like looking at it right now, you have Aberg in the field. God, I hope he wins. Aberg's in the field. Gordon Sargent's in the field. Thor Bjornsson's in the field. Sam Bennett's in the field. William, I don't even know how to pronounce this. William M-O-U-W. That doesn't make any sense. That's not a real name. Mao. Mao? Mao? The great leap forward into getting a better fucking name, Billy. Billy Mao is what we're doing. But he's a young, like, he's on these qualification PGA Tour U. These guys have had a ton of success recently. Tommy Cull is in the field as well. And, uh, yeah, Ross Steelman is the other one. The real deal, man of Steelman. There we are. Ross Steel. Lose the man. Steel man. Just Ross Steele. It's a great name. That sounds like something a CBS procedural detective would have in like 2012. Steele. 9 Eastern. That's too late for CBS. 8 Eastern. CBS. Yeah, Ross Steele. Steele Files. Yeah, we could probably brainstorm that one a little bit more. But there has to be some sort of pun on the name like Castle. Steve Castle solves crimes. I have no idea what Castle is actually about. I just saw the commercial 5,000 times without the without the sound on. So that's just what ends up happening. Let's get to the custom model and see if we can find a winner, at least find some decent players in here. I'm just looking at the guess the odds board. It's so ludicrous. <laughs> John Deere, trust it more. Okay, let's trust it more. Strokes gained approach, 35%. Birdies are better gained, 15%. Proximity, 125 to 150, 150 to 175, 7% and 15%. Strokes game ball striking, that's off the tee plus approach, 5%. Par 5 5%. Putting 5 to 10 feet. I have the bucket of 175 to 200 in here. I think it's because this model has been really good for me that I haven't amended this over the years. So let's just fucking roll it out again. See what we can do with this and see what it tells us at the top over the past 24 rounds. Probably need someone who can putt. Would be my guess. Although the glove has a win here. Fratelli has a win here. I mean, it's not like these guys are out of this world good putters. Bryson was the year that he won in 2017. He also wasn't a long hitter at the time, which was kind of funny to go back and think about. That was his breakthrough win. Actually, we can just take a look at it by rank to start off with. Grio, Bez, Gim, Carson Young, Nasty Nate Lashley. Those are your top five. Taylor, Straka, Ben Ann, Denny, and Mark Hubba Hubbard are the top 10. After that, you got Ben Martin, Shez, and Michael Kim, Dylan Wu. Dylan Wu's name just keeps firing up at the top of all of this. So keep that in mind going forward as he could be the Austin Eckroad of this week where he's a great play, everyone plays him, and he misses the cup by five strokes. Easy game. Ryan Palmer, Eric Cole, Novak, Shank, Henley, 
the Roy toy. People love the sexy Roy this week. Uh, not so much in time. Miss the cut. Brandon Wu, Gordon Sargent. I mean, I don't know if this is going to be a great, like, this isn't really, maybe you can bomb and gouge this place. Maybe that will work. That really seems to be his only strategy at the moment. You got Smalley playing some good golf coming in. Kadira actually had a really nice second round. Uh, I think he was seven or eight under in the Friday round at the Rocket Mortgage. Batia, well, you know, I'm going to bet Batia, although he's been dog shit lately. Todd, Jagger, saying there's Sam Ryder again. We took a look at him already. So it's pretty interesting to go through and look at. I mean, you're going to kind of have to pick your poison. Do you want to ride the recent form? Do you want to ride the stats? We take a look at birdies are better over that time. Eric Cole, maybe it's good karma coming to Eric Cole as he skipped the Rocket Mortgage this week to go play in a mini tour event. I believe it was in Pittsburgh for in honor of a friend of his who had died. Uh, he ended up winning that and donating all of the money to charity. When you're Eric Cole now and you're not grinding mini tours and you got millions of dollars in the bank based on your performance this year, it's nice to still be able to give back. So maybe karma will favor him well, and he can get his first PGA Tour win of his career. It'd be a really nice story after we almost got him at 150 to 1 at the Honda. But again, someone who plays better at short courses. But overall, frankly, he's just been playing good golf. Uh, and he's been playing a lot of elevated events, like elevated event travelers, T24. U.S. Open, obviously a long, hard major. The long, hard major. I mean, that, that long, hard major sounds like here's Tim Major, and it's a porno. T39 at the U.S. Open, by the way. He's petered off at the back end of, but like, PGA Championship, T15, the Memorial, T24, and then a non-elevated event, shorter course, at the RBC Canadian Open, he comes in sixth. Mexico, weak field, comes in fifth. Honda, weak field, comes in second. Like, there's a lot of strong indicators to point to him being very good this week. So, Eric Cole, so we got Dylan Wu, Eric Cole, as the guys that we're looking at at the very beginning, I definitely closed down my custom model. Let's load that one back up into the system. Uh, it, what we do with Bennett and Aberg and Sargent and all those guys, I mean, spoiler alert on what we're doing in terms of guess the odds, but I think that Aberg's going to be the favorite. Cam Young is in this field, by the way. As I mentioned off the top, I have no idea what to do with Cameron Young at this point of time. It's kind of crazy to see the precipitous drop off that I don't want to say this career has had, but where he was this time last year, coming inside the top five at major championships, he was amazing. Now he's like, I might be paired with two gloves, Tom, Tommy Ganey here, hand job Tommy, wherever the hell that it was going on with him, whenever his legal troubles were. But like, Carson Young is the good Young now. Cameron Young is the bad Young. Past 24 rounds, he's 58th in this field in terms of overall strokes gain total. Carson Young is fourth. KH Lee is also in this field. He's T66. I don't know what's happened to him. But what has happened to Cameron Young? He's driving the ball pretty well still, although not at the peak. See, this, this is what happens sometimes. And this has happened to Morikawa, I think, is a pretty good example. Like, Morikawa's iron play throughout the first, like, 18 months of his career was in like the top one percentile ever and he was getting like seven eight strokes a week justin thomas has gone through stretches of this too where it's almost un like they're still very good iron players when you look at it but to be tiger woods with your irons for the course of your career it just it tends to go away it ebbs and flows let's put it that way and that's what we're seeing with the driving from cameron young it was such an asset to him at the beginning of the year and definitely through the playoffs all the major championships last year. But now, like, 2.4 off the tee is going to be one of the highest in the field. 
three at the RBC Canadian Open. It's going to be one of the highest in the field, 1.7, 2.3, 2.4, 1.6. Those are great numbers. However, when you take a look at when he was running at his hottest, what are we seeing here? 5.7, When your floor is basically four strokes per week off the tee, you're in an elite company, and that's hard to sustain over a long period of time. Now, he would have... It's not like the irons being bad is nothing new for him. He's not been a great iron player. He has great iron weeks, but by and large, you see a lot of red on the screen. And now, like, the best he's been doing is, like, 1.7 over the course of four rounds. Like, that just ain't going to cut it. And he legit can't putt. Not that he was ever a great putter, but we had a few of these spike weeks, like at the Genesis or the PGA Championship. I mean, a spike week for him was getting three strokes putting. But you look at his losses here. Like, it sucks. He lost three strokes and two strokes. He lost two strokes in a tournament where he came in second place. That's how good his ball striking was last year at the Wells Fargo. But, you know, minus 0.5, minus 0.9, not the end of the world when it comes down to a lot of break-even weeks and even some positive weeks. Now we're into the territory where dude is losing like five strokes a week on the green and just you're absolutely crippled when that happens. I mean, this is getting into Scheffler territory. Scheffler should be winning every event by five strokes and he isn't because he's losing like three strokes a week on the green. You just need to be around even Cameron Young and get your driving back to where it was and you're going to be fine. One thing I actually do want to add to the model, I'm going to adjust this a little bit, see if this gives us, you know what, I don't even need to adjust the model, what I can do is go look at proximity gained and try to figure out wedges, because wedges are most critically going to be important (laughs) this week. So we'll take a look at, we'll go to average, and we'll take a look at 125 and just see the amount of strokes and see if there's any big gaps between these players. So who are the three, who are the players who are gaining the most between 100 and 175? Actually, we can look between 75 and 150. Who are guys across the board? Chuck Hoffman gains in all three. Kazire gains in all three. Glover gains in all three. Glover and Kazire were the two players with the most strokes gained total at this tournament over the past five years, for what it's worth. And they're still doing that over the course of the past 24 rounds. Maybe notable. Streelman. Also up there, Stewart. Uh, Chris Kirk is a man. I mean, Chris Kirk's having a bit of a rebound in Detroit this week. This looks pretty good for Chris Kirk. Henley almost has the qualification for it all. Who else? Lebiota, Nate Lashley. Jimmy Walker from 75 to 125 has been amazing. So is Austin Cook. Brendan Todd is up there in all three of those wed ranges. So is Peter Malnati. So is Chesson Hadley, someone who's had a lot of success at this tournament in the past. You see Hadwin is actually quite good as well. If we just go to 75 to 100, Todd, Kucher, Armour, Kirk, Austin Cook, Poston is up there as well. Neesmith has kind of petered off a little bit. Let's take a look at the past 12 rounds. See if we shrink the sample down a little bit. Gives us any sort of different name that could pop up. Short wedges, not Garrick Higo's game at the moment. Uh, We'll take a look at 75 to 150. Sned. Sned's top 20 in two of these three key proximity ranges. Ermer, Brandon Yu, Brian Gay, Cooch. Could this be how Cooch gets himself into the open? Uh, The winner of the John Deere Classic gets in. I think there are actually maybe three spots available now that it's not the week before the Open Championship. Poston is up there. Kirk is up there again. Kazire, Todd, Doc Redman, Ryan Moore. Who else? T. Dunks. Michael Kim is 22nd from that range. Merritt, Jimmy Hound, Russell Henley. Russell Henley seems to be the best. Let's just build that out. Let's try to take on a different way of looking at this. And we're going to throw out, you know, all of the big things that we think about. Do I have a wedges only? No, we'll build a new one for right now. 
And it's basically just going to be wedges and putting and see what we can get to with that and try to even base it on the proximity buckets. Now, everyone's proximity bucket is going to be different because everyone hits the ball different lengths and everyone has different preferred distances to get to. Like Even I, and I'm not good. I'm like an eight handicap, which I am not playing like at the moment. Uh, hitting the struggle bus that time of the year where the game really felt like it was peaking for me to like shoot an even par round, to shoot like 74, 75. It was just like 77, 78, 79, 77, 78. And the past three weeks has been like, I shot 95 yesterday. Uh, so it just, it can go on you. I, I'm at that point where there's something wrong with my swing and I can't figure out what it is. So every drive is either a massive slice or a wild hook. And I just, it, it's in my head. I got to go see someone uh, to figure out like where, whether it's a hitch, whether I'm just bringing it back the wrong way, standing too far away, too close to the ball, whatever it is, I can't figure it out. And maybe it's just all mental at this point, but I just need someone to tell me like, hey, Pat, Here's where you are currently going wrong. I fix that. This happened to me last year. I'm sure this happens with a lot of people uh, who like are better than average, but not good at golf, that it can be a real problem um, when one little thing gets thrown off. It's like throwing a grain of sand into a computer motherboard that it just kind of blows it out. And when you're not that, when the thing is, when you're really good, pros, like PGA people, but not even that. Like uh, one of like the one of the players that I sponsor, uh, you know, he's a plus handicap. He gives me golf lessons. He's just away playing right now, so I can't call him up. But he knows when he hits the ball exactly what happens. Like, oh, my takeaway was this. Oh, you know, my plane was a little bit off. I pushed the ball to the right. Not because I had a bad swing path because, you know, my face was open just a tiny bit. Like just from feeling the swing, he knows exactly what's wrong. Pat Mayo, no idea what's going wrong at the moment. I tried to think that I had an idea and just turned out that wasn't the case. So let's see what we're doing here. Uh, But to go back to the point, if I can get the ball from 115 yards in, I have my one club that I hit awesome, regardless of how I'm playing. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm going to put it to five feet every time, but I'm hitting my greens in regulation with that club almost every single time. Uh, You get me 15 yards closer, crapshoot. 10 yards farther, crapshoot. From 110 to 115, money in the bank. It's need to find find out how to get to that number every single time. And PGA guys, obviously, you know, some of them probably just love 98 yards. Some of them probably love 133 yards, whatever it is. Uh, Makes it easy on themselves. Five to 10 feet putting. And we're going to go 10 to 15 feet putting. Throw that one as well. Where's putting here? Okay. So what we have in here now are just wedges and putting. 75 to 100, 100 to 125, 125 to 155 to 10 putting, 15. So we're going to wait 15, 15 on both putting splits. Because we got a, we got a lot to go through here. And that leaves us with what? 70%. I should know that because I just did the totals. Um, So we'll go 25%. Actually, 20% because this was the least important range. Then 25-25 for the rest. So 20% for 75 to 100. And then 25% weighted for 100 to 125, 125 to 150. See if this gives us any sort of different results. We're just trying to find different names, different ways to figure it out. And you can always use the mixed condition model with everything on the right on Fantasy National. Rough length and just kind of, hell, you can go to the course past course conditions and use that as a mixed condition model if you really want to bent grass soft firmness fast greens difficult to easy hitting fairways depending on the day uh course length and just program all of that in that's super easy to do if that's what you want so i have past 12 rounds short-term model here's what we got kazire henley hadley uh 
Kirk, badly. Why does that keep jumping on me? Oh, it's still loading in numbers. Good. Hoffman, Sung Yul No. Michael Kim, Nick Taylor. Keith Mitchell's in this field? Dear Lord, Keith Mitchell. Denny, got crazy Carol Wan. Had a fan time. He was in my Maya. I made the worst choice of all time. I almost tweeted it out, but I was too embarrassed to do it. I came down to two lineups this week as my main lineup. And the main lineup I ended up going with was I had, I had a core four this week uh, that I ended up wanting to have. It was Ricky, Aberg, and Smalley at the top, and it was Carl Wan at the bottom at $6,500 to leave me some room in between. I felt very good about those four guys. So the one that I played was Fowler, Aberg, Smalley, Wan, Spawn, and Eckroat. Obviously, Eckroat sucks. And I made the other one that I came down to that I didn't pick was Fowler, Aberg, Smalley, Carl Wan, except this one has Taylor Moore and Aaron Rye in it. And I would be winning like $50,000 right now if I had just entered that one. And and Lord knows if it ends up working out. But uh, it would just be nicer to know that I actually had a chance at this point in time instead of being, I mean, the the 6 of 6 percentage is like 3% this week. But either way, uh, having a 6 of 6 with four guys inside the top 10 is usually a good spot to be. I would take, put it it this way, I would rather be in that spot than be in the spot that I'm in with a 5 of 6 with no chance of winning easy stuff so this is what we're looking at over the past see eric cole is up there as well streelman taylor montgomery luke list i mean the putting is just killing luke list benny and gordon Sargent. so let's just take a look at the 125 proximity vijegas kirk hoffman i mean should have known this when kirk beat eric cole at the honda maybe the honda is a decent crossover for this place that he was just going to stick that to a foot up and down Denny's been really good from here but kirk in those wedges are why he rates out so well kirk kazire Henley, Todd gets worse the farther away from the hole that you get. Uh, Smalley's been very good from two of the three ranges. Nate Lashley, really good. Austin Cook, really good. And this is just over the past 12 rounds. We, you know, up this sample a little bit. Let's go past 36 rounds and see, you know, if there's any sort of discrepancy, especially from these wedge ranges. But those were the best wedge players over that time and the longer sample that we get from putting maybe you want to ride a hot putter or we can see the guys that historically not historically but past 36 rounds basically throughout the course of the year have performed much better over that time so we take the same range 100 to 125 and a lot of the same names Vijegas, and streelman cole kirk Eri eggs hoffman the glove last year's winner crazy carl still up there as well overall rank over the past 36 sung you'll know bez Reevy, kirk hadley kazire henley so henley's name just keeps popping up ryan moore's name keeps popping up ryan moore and charlie hoffman are at like the same place right now where they just can't pot uh, at least for a while like it was going okay for ryan moore and listen he, he had no chance the wells fargo or the travelers against high-end fields but at least his approach play was going well hoffman just is still ball striking pretty well the approaches have been great he's gained every week since the farmers on approaches and he can barely make the cut that's how poorly he's been putting michael kim is up there in terms of overall rank cole again Ryder and lashley longer term there's dylan Wu's name continues to pop up gordon Sargent rates out the best why is aberg not rate out well here very curious about that. Aberg's 59th, bad from 129. Yeah, and the putting. We'll see. I mean, obviously, you can run these again on Sunday night or Monday morning, and you're going to get a bit of a different result because the Rocket Mortgage will have updated. Putting-wise, 10 to 15 feet, your best guys are going to be Denny, Taylor Montgomery. It's funny that Henley is third from 10 to 15 feet and 128th from 5 to 15 feet. So guys that rate well in both of those categories. Denny, 
Montgomery, Straka, Ryan Brem, Shez Reevy, Sam Ryder, Keith Mitchell, Eric Cole, Sung Yul No. Justin Lower is actually one to watch this week, I think. Just he putts so well when he's on. He's putting well this week. Carson Young's inside the top 30 in both those categories. Seamus Power, Peter Malnati, Brian Gay, Chad. Oh, Captain Ramius. Taylor Moore is very good from there. Uh, Svensson's played well. Blixt. Uh, Aberg's 22nd from 10 to 15, or from 5 to 10 feet, 56, 10 to 15 feet. Although I watch him miss a lot of inside 10 foot putts on Friday. Uh, his minus five or minus six round easily could have been minus nine pretty quickly, considering he was hitting all of his approach shots from 40 yards off from, <laughs> from off the tee. So kind of crazy to think about. So you can see the general sense of what we're trying to do this week and the players that we like. Now the interesting part comes. Guess the odds for the week. So I'm just trying to fill in some of them here. And I may be way off on these because I have no sense of how people value some of these mid-card performers in an event where they're going to be like. I have Cam Young and Aberg as the two favorites, both 18 to 1. And I think that Aberg will close as the favorite. If he wins, maybe not. If he comes in second, people are like, good form. It's funny how that works, where if you come in second, you know, he has hot form coming in. If he wins, well, he won, can never win again. If he wins this week, I might even try to bet him again. Like, there's going to be too many guys down the board that I want to bet that I'm not going to end up getting there on probably the very, very top of the board. And we've seen historically in these fields that the very top of the board does not perform all that well, uh, whether it be an alternate field event or these super weak field events. Uh, Denny McCarthy, I have it 20 to 1. Russell Henley, I have it 22 to 1. Yeah, 22 to 1. Maybe he even goes off at 20. Maybe Denny ends up being the favorite. I think those four will be the favorites. Then I have Grio at 25. And that's it for the 20s. And I just got a spattering of people in the 30s. Smalley, Shez, Straka, all at 30 to 1. Hadwin, Jaeger, Poston, Cole, and Shank, all at 35 to 1. Bennett, Hubbard, Kucher, all at 40 to 1. And then Carson Young at 55, Michael Kim at 50, Brendan Todd at 50, Keith Mitchell probably at 50, which is insane to think about in a field like this. But I think that Cameron Young's like big name status playing in this field is going to uh, make him someone that just is going to be at the top of the betting board. Aberg is just super popular right now. Although if we tell, we talked about the people that it feels like they're close to a breakthrough, be it Denny, Smalley, Shez, Shank, Shank and Cole might be the ones where I end up going with this one. Just hope it ends up going well. Bez will probably be inside. I mean, Bez is 66 to one in a weak field tournament. Anyway, he was second here last year. This is the spot of his best performance ever at a PGA tour event. So yeah, Maybe he'll be up there too. I look forward to breaking this down more on Monday with Jeff and Tuesday with Tambo, but that will do it for the research show. Please play in the John Deere Classic Listeners League and go reserve your spot in the Open Championship Listeners League right now down in the description. Additionally, smash the like, sub to the channel, leave some sort of comment, the thoughts you have maybe on the John Deere Classic and fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off and you can do your own walkthrough every single week. I love doing this show because it really sets me up 
and helps craft my opinions for the week. There's a lot more research to go, more people to talk to, more to dig in, but I feel like this really sets the base for me when I'm going to start forming opinions for the week and getting into the real bets once the numbers are released. So thank you all for watching. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience! Experience!